Hi, it's Mark Zinkowitz, and welcome to the Seed World Podcast. The National Association of Plant Breeders annual meeting has gone virtual this year, so I am interviewing this year's Borlaug Scholars in the virtual world. The NAPB Borlaug Scholars Program strengthens the plant breeding profession by helping support attendance of future leaders at the NAPB annual meeting. For this podcast episode, we're going to take a journey into the world of wheat and interview four of this year's NAPB Borlaug Scholars. Sarah Kuzai is a PhD candidate studying wheat genetics and breeding at the University of California, Davis. During her research, she discovered WAPO1, a gene that can raise wheat yield potential in a wide range of environments. Currently, she's deploying and testing novel alleles for WAPO1 in wheat breeding lines at UC Davis and at Simit. Beyond her genetics research, Sarah is a passionate educator and mentor of undergraduate students. For the last five years, she taught a variety of classes about plant genetics, breeding, and the cultural origins and culinary properties of food crops. So I am German-Japanese, and I'm also a German citizen. So I speak German, um, I've worked and I've lived there, and so most of my upbringing and a lot of the things I do professionally are informed by Japanese and German culture. I wasn't born in Germany. I was, I was still born in the U.S., but my dad's a German citizen, and I travel back there often. And um, I worked there um, as a veterinary technician and um, know my dad's hometown as well as I know uh, the hometowns that I've kind of grown up in California. So for me, it's really a second home. I feel very in touch, I guess, with German culture or European culture in general. And I would seriously consider working for in Europe or for a European company. So like the large vegetable seed companies um, have a lot of their headquarters in Europe and various parts of the world. I'm hoping that basically by having EU citizenship, that would give me a little bit more flexibility job wise. And so a lot of like the varieties I'm working on developing, because I don't just work on wheat, I work on um some other vegetables as well. We're trying to market it to different communities. And so some of these communities aren't necessarily Western. WAPO 1. So can you tell me a little bit about WAPO 1, how, how you discovered it and, and exactly what it does and, and why that's significant? So WAPO 1 stands for Wheat Ortholog of Aberrant Panicle Organization 1. Um, for somebody who doesn't study plants, um, that's kind of a weird uh, gene name because wheat doesn't have panicles. That's something unique to rice. So what we essentially did is over the course of three years, um, we found at the very beginning of the project, we found this large region that we knew lightly hid. There was a hidden gene inside it that controlled spikelets per spike. And spikelets per spike is kind of like um, a yield determining trait. So depending on the, when you look at a, an ear of wheat, there are many attachment points for grains on that spike or that ear of wheat. And the number of those attachment points determines, or is part of what determines yield. So this gene controls basically how many attachment points of grains there are. And so we've, we've basically found this large area of the genome on chromosome seven that we knew there's likely this gene is located there. Um, and then using 
a process called positional cloning, where you narrow down a genetic re region uh, using genetic recombination. We narrow down the region to, this probably doesn't make sense to a lay person, but the equivalent of 100 genes based off of a reference genome. So the reference genome told us, okay, in this area that you have, there are likely 100 genes. And then we work with some other groups and we found that this particular gene is a very strong candidate for controlling spikelets per spike. If we know all the versions of this gene, we can either go through a breeding program and look for, determine which varieties have which version of this gene. And we can use either with traditional breeding or for scientific purposes, trans, transgenesis or transgenic processes to introduce a higher yielding version of this gene. And in these preliminary studies we've done, in a wide variety of different types of wheats, if you swap out the higher, ver higher yielding version of this gene with the lower one, you do increase grain yield without having a compromise in quality or other overall performance. Is this, is this your first involvement with the NAPB being a Borlaug scholar? I attended one meeting before, but um, this is definitely my first time being a scholar. So when I first applied and whatnot, I thought it was just a travel scholarship, go to this meeting. Um, it's on you to meet a lot of great people, um, but you'll get a lot of recognition. And it's, it's so much more than that. I didn't expect um, quite the support I received. So by becoming a scholarship recipient, um, Obviously we can't travel there, but we're still paired with a mentor. And based on basically our bio, among other things that we said about ourselves and what we're seeking advice on, we were paired with a mentor. I'm really excited by the person who, by my mentor that I guess was chosen for me or assigned to me, his name is Roy Cantrell. And he's had a professorship for over 20 years. And then he's worked for a lot of really major plant breeding and seed companies. Um, as an advisor or otherwise. And so he's really seen both sides, academia and industry, and he's hopefully gonna help me kind of navigate that next step in my career to make that choice. Um, he's obviously very well connected and he said, yeah, I'm very open to expanding your network um, and introducing you to, I guess, whatever you wanna do. And if I have a contact there, I'll help you. And even beyond the mentorship, the one-on-one -on -one mentorship, um, which can last a year or longer. Um, the Borlaug Scholars Group has made a real effort to make sure that we get a lot of kind of publicity in our schools and create kind of networking products like one minute videos or these kind of 100 word, 1000 word, 500 word um, short bios for us to distribute. And they even contacted our schools to write press releases and other releases to the department to kind of generate exposure for us. And that's something that I could never do on my own. I would need an organization to do that for me. Um, otherwise I could just, I could advertise about myself as much as I want, but the authority of having an APB doing it for me carries a lot more weight. 
Brittany Jones is a PhD candidate at Montana State University working with the Spring Wheat Breeding Program. Her research focuses on dissecting grain yield and yield component traits in spring wheat through trait introgression, QTL analysis, high-resolution mapping, population development, and field experiments. Specifically, she studies the interaction between yield component traits and resource availability. It's her goal as a plant breeder to help meet the rising global food demand by breeding for climate-resilient crops and improving quality and nutrition. She's currently involved with the NAPB Graduate Student Working Group as its current acting vice chair. Um, but one thing that I really love doing that most people don't know is um, I compete and train my two border collies in several different dog sports. So I compete in agility and obedience, and we're just now getting into nose work and herding as well. Really started picking up and getting involved in dog sports when I was really young. My mom showed and trained um, as well, and uh, so it kind of just stuck with me, and I, I love it. It's so much fun. Yeah, I think that it's really helped me think outside the box, especially when you're trying to teach a certain trait or performance um, that's maybe not coming intuitively, trying to figure out how to shape that in a way that's communicating to both the dog, um, making sense what they're supposed to do and, and what I want them to do. So yeah, I think it's also helped make me patient as well, but they're fun to work with. Wheat is so important across the entire globe. And uh, I think what brought me to wheat is that it's such a fun crop. Not only are we focusing on improving agronomic performance, so making more food, um, improving grain yield to, you know, start closing some of those looming yield gaps as we see our population exponentially increasing. But what's also really fun about working with wheat is that there's important end use quality traits as well. So we make food out of wheat and uh, we consume a lot of bread and uh, it's important that that we make a good product. And so I think wheat is so fun to work with in that aspect. Um, and my research really focuses on better understanding the genetics of grain yield and yield component traits. So some of the ways that I do that um, have been through evaluating different sources of genetic improvement from related species, or also looking how resource availability can really affect grain yield response. And also one of my favorite things that I get to do is identifying different genes that improve our grain yield. And hopefully by better understanding those traits and really leveraging them in a breeding program, we can start to improve our grain yield responses. So really, in a nutshell, I'm working on making yield, uh, excuse me, making wheat yield better so we can feed more people. You're the current acting vice chair, actually, uh, for one of the NAPB committees. And so this isn't your first involvement with, with the NAPB then? Yep, I last year was acting as the secretary of the graduate student working group, and then this year I'm the vice chair. How does this scholarship and, and you know, more generally being involved with a group like the NAPB, like how does that help you in your your research and your, your career? That's such a good question, because um, I really believe you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. And the NAPB has been so foundational in my development as a breeder. Um, I've been able to form really important relationships and collaborations that will continue to help my research, especially as I'm now making that transition from 
grad school into a career. But mostly I think the scholarships really help and broaden my way of thinking and understanding plant breeding and the myriad of ways we can address the, fi address the problem to find solutions. The networking opportunities have been so amazing through NAPB. It's an amazing organization. I feel really fortunate to be associated. Nikayla Strauss is a PhD candidate in crop and soil science at Washington State University. She received her Bachelor of Science from Colorado State University. Her PhD work focuses on identifying novel traits in a synthetic wheat population, specifically disease resistance and drought tolerance traits. Is this yeah. your is, is this your first involvement with the NAPB? Uh, yeah, um, I've been. I've been meaning to become a member uh, for a couple of years and I just was always attending other conferences, um, but I knew I wanted to go to NAPB this year. Uh, so I applied to be a Borlaug Scholar and I'm just really thankful that I'm getting this opportunity. Well, being connected, I think the special thing about NAPB is that it's academic plant breeders, but also uh, really a lot of involvement from industry plant breeders and getting the two groups together and getting to be a part of that type of an organization is so helpful as a student um, to be able to have both sides right there with you and be able to talk to breeders from both. Uh, you know, when, when I go to other professional meetings that are for agriculture, it's not all breeders. Um, and so since being a breeder is what I want to do, having a professional meeting that is just breeders is, I mean, priceless. I'm working with something called synthetic wheat, uh, which I think is just the worst name that someone could have ever given it. Um, but it's the recreation of wheat itself because uh, wheat is the combination of three different wild grasses. And so it's recreating that last, uh, we call it a hybridization, that created domesticated wheat that we know today. Uh, and when you do that, you can incorporate a lot of genetic diversity or genes that you've never seen before. And so by working with synthetic wheat, I can find novel disease resistance genes or genes that are related to drought tolerance um, and then incorporate those into elite varieties. I did not grow up in agriculture. I grew up uh, in the suburbs of Denver um, and my family is a couple generations removed from the farm. Uh, but in high school I did a people to people ambassadors trip to Ecuador and uh, we went to a small village in the mountains and we were assigned to help families. And I was assigned to a, a, a woman whose husband had died. She was a mother of six and she had a one acre uh, garden plot to feed her family. And she just asked me to weed it all day, uh, which I did. And then over dinner, we were talking about um, some things that she was struggling with and I was surprised to hear that this one acre that had fed her family for generations was no longer doing that and um, so that's kind of what got me started on thinking about agriculture as a career uh, and then I came home and 
uh, applied to Colorado State University and sort of found my way into plant breeding and specifically wheat breeding. Uh, and then I reconnected with my extended family who are all wheat farmers in Kansas and North Dakota. So it's kind of come full circle and turned into something that is connected to my family, just not um, my immediate family. Ella Toggin is a PhD candidate studying small grains breeding and genetics at Cornell University. She loves exploring the relationship between multiomics data and phenotypic variation and is driven by their potential to enhance plant health and productivity. Ella is committed to connecting the central themes of molecular biology and genetics to the needs of plant breeders via open source and interdisciplinary initiatives. Her dissertation research focuses on fine mapping and characterization of a grain morphology gene in wheat and exploring the biological constraints of meiotic recombination in a plant breeding context. So I grew up in the middle of Seattle, which is not a huge city, but I didn't realize that growing up without a yard or a lawnmower or even a tractor was going to be unusual until I started my PhD program in plant genetics. And I guess that I just like to say that I have learned that agricultural sciences is a terrific place and it's a place for everyone. And I don't think that I knew very much about farming when I started my degree three years ago. And if that's how any other listeners feel, don't let that hold you back. It's a winding path because I didn't grow up on a farm, I suppose. Um, but in high school, I became really interested in global health. And then I went to the University of Washington for my undergraduate. And I was introduced to plant genetics in just an intro biology course. And when I started to learn about the tight connection between plant genetic improvement and food security, I became really fascinated and wanted to get to a land grant institution as fast as I could. Um, and I have a skill set that intersects at genetics, bioinformatics, and molecular biology. And I chose to apply those skills to plant breeding because food security is continues to be a pressing issue that we will continue to face with climate change and the resulting impacts of human and agricultural migrations. Um, and so I really like that plant breeding is an interdisciplinary field inherently, and yeah, I've chosen to apply my skill set as I see it fit into plant breeding. I'm really driven by leveraging the genetic variation and developing novel ways of accessing it in our plant species. And my research gets at that limiting factor for trait discovery and integration, which is improving genetic resolution. And if I can use my skills as a geneticist and bioinformatician to target more or specific um, recombinations that develop different types of plants, that's a limiting factor for breeders and it has the potential to transform and generate plants that fine tune the cost of getting desirable varieties into the hands of growers and consumers. I think the mentorship drew me to the Borlaug Scholar Program primarily. I want to enter industry after I finish my doctorate, and that successful transition from academia to industry was a bit vague for me, and I've observed alumni from my graduate program, and they've gone on to become research scientists 
at companies, but they're given opportunities for leadership or collaboration that interest me in other areas outside of what we traditionally think of as the scientist at the lab bench or in the field. And that's, you know, whether they're leading through directorship roles or pivoting to business management or leading educational outreach initiatives. And the alumni and industry not only seem to have access to these kinds of opportunities, but their employers actively facilitate um, cultivating those necessary skills to succeed in them. And the Borlaug Scholars Mentorship Program is invaluable, I think, in providing that window into industry's vision of successful leadership and self-directed career growth. So I'm really thankful to have the opportunity and excited to get to know my mentor, David Bubeck, who is a research director with Corteva. And also the scholarship provides a really terrific platform to empower others who might not know about it to apply and um, also become new members of NAPB. For more great podcasts, visit seedworld.com.